Hello and welcome to I Am Not For Everyone. I am your host, Dr. Lee, and I'm going to be running the alphabet each and every episode and picking a super juicy loaded word, giving you all my thoughts from my perspective as a biracial mom, wife, trauma professional, business coach, and doctorally prepared nurse. Look, nothing is off limits in these episodes. We're going to talk about sex, money, health, relationships, all the things. And I'm likely going to drop a lot of F-bombs. So if that's not your style, this is the point you're going to want to exit. If it is, though, I'm super stoked that you're here with me. And I hope that through these episodes, you start to realize that you're not for everyone either. And that's a really fucking beautiful thing. So sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Hopefully y'all can hear me nice and clear. (laughs) I am in the bath. We are on vacation in Florida with my kiddos and my hubby, and I decided I wanted to record this in the bath because this house has an epic bathtub and because (laughs) this is the quietest room in the house and because I have been thinking about this topic all week and I am practicing what I'm about to preach to y'all and really caring for myself, not fucking myself over in all of the ways that I easily could. So this week's episode, you, is for unfuck yourself. And, you know, there were a lot of you words that we thought about using. We thought about unabashed and undecided and uncertainty and all of these words and really I just decided I wanted to do something a little different this week because I know that even in having immersed myself in the mindset world you know doing work on how my brain thinks how my brain and body talk to each other you know becoming a certified clinical trauma professional coaching hundreds of people on their mindset and uh, helping them reconnect their brains and their bodies in a way that feels good for them, I still really fucking struggle with this stuff sometimes too. And sometimes I totally fuck myself over. Sometimes my painful past comes back and causes some problems. And so I really sat down after a particularly kind of hard week. I mean, being on vacation, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have so much time to like write and read and think and play. And my brain decided to pull like a really fun trick on us and (laughs) get kind of stressed out by that. When I removed all of the distractions, really start to look at some stuff that we have been avoiding looking at. And there was a lot of potential for self-sabotage. And so I sat down this morning and wrote out five truths, like five both and truths that really help me when I get in this place of my mind going squirrely and like trying to fuck shit up that help me unfuck myself, that help me like get myself out of this place that where I'm doing things that like aren't helpful, that feel protective on a evolutionary standpoint like my brain is doing things from a fight flight freeze fawn mode to try to protect me instead of from this place remembering that I am a fucking powerful being that I'm connected to the divine that I have all of the 
everything that I need or all of the tools that I need to get what I need to live a life that's like really beautiful and that is not burdened with anxiety and sadness and those things. So these are the five truths that help me to kind of like move through these times where I think I've mentioned before in the podcast that I have complex PTSD and a history of panic attacks and anxiety. And so like these truths help me move through those times. And I hope that they help you move through those times and help you realize that you are worthy and deserving of all of the goodness and feeling like more comfortable in your body at every given moment. So truth number one is that the both and truth, right? When I say the both and truth, what I mean is that I'm going to say two like seemingly opposite statements that are both true. So the both and statement, number one is it all matters a lot and also like nothing, it like nothing really matters at the same time. Everything like really matters and everything doesn't really matter at the same time. And this is one of the biggest ones that I have to remember is like we get one life, right, that we know of. Most of us believe that. We don't know what happened before we were born. We don't know what's going to happen after we die. Death is inevitable. And I heard this beautiful quote of like, living beautifully does not increase your risk of death any more than living in fear of the eventual inevitability of death. And so, so many of us are out there like trying to control how much time we have on the planet and we're focusing on the time piece and like the quantity piece. We're focusing on a lot on the future, which brings a lot of anxiety or in the past, which can bring like a lot of sadness and regret instead of focusing in the present moment, instead of focusing on living beautifully in this one moment, which is all that we're ever really given anyway. And so every decision that we make gets to matter and every decision we have so much more power than we think we do like every decision that we make to enjoy our life to stay in the present to choose to be happy to choose to find the good is within our power and when we worry about every single little thing that we do that robs us of our joy that robs us of the present moment like we're present but we're we're like worried about how the present affects the future or how the past is affecting the present and like that's just not an enjoyable way to live and easier said than done sometimes to like come back into the present and live in your body i'm somebody who experiences what are called emotional flashbacks and i am like just now diving into the work of helping heal those and release those but emotional flashbacks are different than panic attacks emotional flashbacks are basically what we call amygdala hijacking meaning the fear center in your brain gets hijacked and messaging gets run through there instead of through other parts of our brain that make like more reasonable rational logical decisions and when we have amygdala hijacking it causes some significant like severe discomfort in our bodies it literally feels like you're like on you're on right like you're ready for like you're ready for danger and being somebody who experiences those things my brain wants to make a lot of stuff matter and, and assign a lot of meaning to things that doesn't really exist right 
It's paying attention to every single little physical symptom that I'm having and making it mean something. And it's my job to like come back out of that and be like, okay, we're experiencing an emotional flashback. We're, we're living in a past event, right? We are not having the visual or the auditory flashback. Like we're not seeing ourselves in that event, but we are experiencing the physical sensations of a traumatic or painful event that we went through when we were younger. And that feels really, really fucking scary. So it is like deeply caring about the fact that everything I do matters, that I have control and I have responsibility and also like cutting myself some slack and realizing that everything that I'm feeling isn't something that needs to be like minutely paid attention to. Sometimes things that we focus in on and hone in on really aren't the things that matter. And so if we can get ourselves out of those situations where we're feeling anxious or we're feeling depressed or we're feeling sad and really remind ourselves like, okay, I have way more control here than I think I do. And also I'm making shit matter that doesn't really matter. Like that can be such a helpful thing to remember. The other part of like <laughs> things not really mattering is, is a lot of times we, we pay so much attention to like what other people are going to think, right? Like one of the things that happens for me when I experience an emotional flashback is I'm like, oh, I'm going to ruin everybody's good time because like I'm over here an anxious mess and like they're all trying to have fun. And like in reality, when I'm with people who really love me, like it can be both and like, yeah, they can be a little bit concerned about me or like care about how I'm doing and we can still have fun. They can still have fun. And so I don't have to make things matter make things bigger than they really are. I can recognize that most people really aren't paying any attention to what I'm doing, except for the people who really care about me. And even them, they are not judging me likely the way that I'm judging myself, especially if I've surrounded myself with good people, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. So number two, the second truth to remember is that you are capable of so much less and a lot more than you think you are. And this comes down to control, right? You are in control of so much more and so much less than your brain tells you you are depending on the moment. So when we see the fact that you can do a lot less, that you're in control of a lot less than you think you are, like most of us don't give ourselves the time, the grace, and the patience to really do the things that we want to do. We oftentimes will look at things that are going to require a lot of patience, are going to require a good amount of time, are going to require a good amount of energy or effort. And we tell ourselves we can't do those things. And it really like fucks us up, right? Because the reality is, is like a lot of times when we do that, we tell ourselves we're not in control we tell ourselves that we have way less control over like a lot of the variables. And while that may be true, that I'm not in control of a lot of the variables, right? Like I can control a lot less than I oftentimes pretend to be able to or get all worked up about. The reality is, is like I do have a lot of control over my, how I show up. I have a lot of control and command over how I decide to think about things, how I decide to approach things, how I decide to frame things, right? 
We see this a lot in mindset work. If, if you have learned, if you have been programmed with a pessimistic mindset or what we sometimes refer to as like a fixed mindset, if you're someone who has learned helplessness, meaning that you have been taught that you are not in control of a lot of things that you actually are in control of, then you're likely not going to try things, do things, like experiment, give yourself grace, give yourself patience, like allow yourself the time and the amount of effort that you need in order to make something work. And so you're either not going to start the thing at all because you already know you're not going to do it perfectly and you want it done perfectly, which perfect is aiming for perfection is like one of the best ways to fuck yourself up, by the way. But like when you are in that fixed mindset or that learned helplessness mindset, just even getting curious about like, okay, but like if I could do something here, what would I maybe try? If I could believe that I could possibly do this thing, what would that look like? If I could do this thing messy and imperfect and have it still work, like what would I do next? Like what's my best next step? And that's a really beautiful way to like help yourself see that you have way more control over things than you think you do. And also we get to release control over a lot of shit, right? Even in this experiencing of these emotional flashbacks that I've been having, I don't have control necessarily over when they arise, right? I don't have control over when my brain goes, oh, nope, we're feeling freaked the fuck out. We're remembering this event. This doesn't feel good. And like it sends like very uncomfortable sensations into my body. Like I don't have a lot of control over that. But what I do have control over is how I frame that, right? If the message that my body is sending me is like, we're in danger, and then it's like, okay, but let me remind myself, no, we're not. We're sitting in the bathtub. We're taking deep breaths. Our kids are outside the door, like laughing and having fun. Like we are okay. We are not dying. We are not in danger. We are all right. Like if I can practice that, I have way more control over this. I can also practice like the framing around the feeling that I'm having because if my brain is going, oh, this feeling is bad, this feeling is bad, this feeling is bad, this feeling is awful. Well, this is also the same feeling that I sometimes have before I do something really scary, but also really exciting, right? So what if something really, what if I frame the feeling that I'm having in my body as, oh, we're excited about something. Like, what are we excited about? What are we going to have fun doing today? Like, how is this going to go well? I can really take back control over how I'm feeling. Also, when it comes to being able to do more than you think and be in more control, like you are innately connected to the divine, as is everyone else, as is the 8 billion other humans on this planet. You can accomplish incredible things when you add in a little bit of determination, like a lot of imperfect action and some consistency and faith that it's all going to work out the way that it's supposed to. So truth number three is like, don't take life so seriously. Like life is not to be taken seriously and also stop dicking around, (laughs) right? Life is not to be taken super seriously and also take your life seriously. This goes back to points one and two, right? Like things actually matter and you can do a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. And also when you are striving for perfection, when you are telling yourself it has to go a very specific way, when you have been taught or conditioned that you have to show up in a very narrow-minded way or like people aren't going to love you, aren't going to respect you, like you have to be the good girl, you have to be the people pleaser, all of these things, that 
create seriousness around life that like just doesn't need to be there. So we get to like pick something that we want to pour our heart into. We get to pick the things that like really fucking matter to us and go after those things from a place of imperfect action and take those seriously and like make the commitments that matter to us and show up in support of those commitments. And also we get to have a ton of fun and laugh at ourselves when we fuck up and be like, and like when we make a mistake, be like, well, that didn't work. Okay. What are we trying next? And just remembering that, like, again, going back to truth too, you can handle so much more than you're telling yourself that you can. You can do really, really hard things and you can show up with seriousness in support of your desires and of your dreams. And you can also just like chill the fuck out and stop dicking around and pretending that you don't want things that you do and like just go try. And if you fail, okay, cool. What's next? What do we try next? The fourth truth is that we really need to like not listen to when the vast majority of people give us shit about what we're doing. And we also need to listen when certain people like call us out on our shit. We don't want to listen to the vast majority of people out there that have opinions on things, right? There's there's that saying, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. You know, we don't want to listen when people don't understand our calling, they don't understand our dream and our desires. I saw this quote the other day that was like, stop expecting people to understand your calling. It wasn't a conference call. Like you're the only one who got it, right? So we really want to be very, very careful about who we are listening to when we are sharing our dreams and desires out to the world, when we are showing up for the things and doing the things. Like take very few people's criticisms or feedback as truth because most of the time like that's their version of reality and how they're interpreting what you are doing that is not the version of reality look I trigger people all the fucking time with what I say and if I cared about what every single person thought about me when they listen to this podcast when they watch my videos all of those things my brain wants to care about those things but I've gotten to the point that I'm like I just simply can't because if I care about what every other person thinks then like I'm gonna lose what I think I'm going to lose what I believe matters and I'm going to start changing my message and changing the tune and the the tone and the content of what I am sharing based on the opinions of people who don't really matter or don't get what I'm trying to do. And we also don't want to be like so in our own shit that when somebody's like, hey, this thing that you're doing, like this didn't feel good or this felt harmful or this felt wrong or or I've got a suggestion on how this could go better. Or like, have you ever thought about this? Like we want to have a filter, like a very, very strong filter that we run all of the criticisms and thoughts and suggestions and feedback through. But we don't want that to be like a steel trap where everything gets stuck and we never look at any of it. Because sometimes people have really valuable feedback, especially people that you have chosen to surround yourself with who genuinely have your best interest at heart and who have insight that is both applicable and helpful. I am not going to ask a lot of my family members for business advice. They're not entrepreneurs, right? But if I need advice on like my father, if I need advice on something from a computer or an electrical engineering standpoint, like I am definitely going to go to him because his knowledge, his insight is applicable and helpful, right? I am not going to, though, ask 
people in my life who don't understand what I'm doing, who haven't walked the walk, who haven't lived in the thing, how I should do something. And I see this happen all the time where people seek advice or listen to the unsolicited advice of people who are not doing the thing that you are doing or whom are not successful doing the thing that you are trying to do. And that just doesn't make sense, right? I wouldn't walk up to an expert level like craftsman carpenter and be like, hey, um, so how do you suggest I put a internal jugular central venous line into this patient's neck, right? As a nurse practitioner, I'm not going to go ask an expert craftsman that. I'm going to ask him about how he builds a house, maybe, or how he builds a table, builds chairs. I'm going to maybe hire him to do those things, but I'm not going to ask him how to do a procedure that I'm supposed to know how to do as a nurse practitioner when I'm learning how to do it. Like, that doesn't make sense. And so I see, or if that carpenter came to me while I'm, like, putting a line to help save a patient's life in their neck and this carpenter's like, I really think you should be doing this this way. Like, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Get out of here. <laughs> like, go away, right? That's not helpful. So we want to surround ourselves with people who both just like love the fuck out of us and who are going to cheer us on and like call us on our bullshit in ways that they know and like that it is helpful for them to do. And we want to make sure that the people that we are getting the advice from, like, are qualified to give the advice. So the fifth truth is that I love to remember, the both and truth, is trust your gut and also question everything that your brain tells you. Your subconscious brain is designed to keep you safe, right? Parts of your subconscious brain are designed to keep you physically alive on this planet, And that can really backfire when we are trying to live a life that in which we thrive instead of one that we simply just survive. So we really want to question every thought that we have before we act on it to make sure that our brain is actually like moving us in a direction that serves us instead of fucks us over. And so many of us have really awesome intuition, like our gut knowing is so good or was so good when we were younger. And it's been like programmed out of us to not listen to our gut, to not know the difference between when our brain is telling us something and when our intuition is telling us something. And that is a skill to cultivate, like question everything your brain tells you. And also like when your gut, when that inner knowing that intuition comes in and is like, this is a thing that I need you to pay attention to. This is something that we think we should like that we feel we should do. Pay way more attention to that than you probably currently are, because that is helpful. But as someone who has their brain lie to them all the time, and try to find meaning and make meaning out of things that doesn't actually make sense, I will say that when a thought comes in my head and me being like, wait a second, is that a thought that I want to choose to think? That seems like such a weird thing to do and it's one of the most helpful things that you can do. One of the most helpful things that you can do is practice what we call metacognition, which is thinking about your own thinking. And we as humans are one of the, like, as we know, the only animals on the planet that participate in metacognition. We have something called the prefrontal cortex and the neocortex, which is the human part of the brain that no other animals have. And it allows us to think about our own thinking. And one of the most helpful things that I learned back when I was really like in the throes of anxiety 
and having panic attacks and had anxiety-induced depression because I like couldn't get out from underneath of the anxiety and the panic attacks, one of the things I learned was like, you are not your thoughts. And thoughts happen to you, right? Thoughts happen to us most of the time. Most of the time, I'm not consciously choosing to think a thought. 95% of my thoughts are happening to me. I'm not making them happen. Me, the soul me, right? The part of me that is not just my brain, but is like the sum of me, right? Going a little spiritual there. So if I am not my thoughts then that means that when a thought comes up that I don't particularly like or that feels scary or feels weird or feels gross or feels whatever, I don't have to immediately be like, oh, that's true. And I have to act on that thing. I can be like, oh, my brain is throwing me this thought. This thought is happening to me. Is this actually what I want to choose to believe? Or like, do I want to believe a different thought? Do I want to think a different thought? And this is, like I said, one of the things that has fundamentally helped me through a lot of the emotional flashbacks and panic and anxiety and sadness that I experienced earlier in my life. And that even in this little moment that I have been having over this last week of like having a lot of these flashbacks pop back up, even when my body feels shitty, even when my brain starts like ruminating on the fact that my body feels shitty, I can be like, okay, but like, are those the thoughts that we choose to continue to think? And if not, like, what are the different thoughts that we want to have? What's a better thought here? And just trusting my gut that, like, I am going to be okay, that, like, this is going to pass, that, like, everything is going to be fine is really, really fucking helpful. And that is one of the best ways to unfuck yourself is to stop believing every single thought (laughs) that pops into your head and accepting it as truth and to start listening to your gut and your intuition way more and following like the little breadcrumbs that it drops because that will almost always, I shouldn't even say almost always, I very rarely say always, but that will always take you in a good direction. It may not be the direction you thought you should go and yet it will always end up beautifully. And so if you are somebody who really struggles to identify the difference between your gut your intuition and your brain and your thoughts, then definitely reach out because this is what I help people do in my coaching programs is teach them how to really start to think about their own thinking, to feel into their feelings, to recognize that it is safe and they can do this in a supportive environment where like even when shit does pop up, like they're going to be okay. And I would love to help you with that too. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode Like I said, a little different than the last few episodes that I've done. And I really hope that this helps you kind of unfuck your thinking, unfuck how you're going about things, give you some nuggets of wisdom. And even if the only thing that you take away from this is like two things can be true at the same time, nothing is ever like truly black and white or black or white. And even just shifting your thinking around that is going to make such a fundamental difference for you. Thank you so much for hanging with me for today's episode. Be sure to head to the app store and leave us a five-star rating and share with a friend or two if you really enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like even more content from me, then you're definitely going to want to check out my newest offering, the Pleasure Rebel Membership. 
This is a membership course unlike any other, and I am so excited to be bringing it to you all at a fraction of the price of what it normally costs to work with me. I always like to say that living a pleasure-focused life in today's society as a woman is an act of rebellion. So come practice your rebelliousness with me in the Pleasure Rebel Membership.